Hey everybody, this is Tracy from Forking Around Town and today I'm, I'm joined by the one person that when I think of meat sweats is Ian Beckles. How are you, Ian? Good. All, all kind of sweats. All kind. Well, it is hot outside. Yeah, it doesn't need to be hot. I sweat anyways. Yes, you do. We got it. It's okay. Especially over the grill. And you've, I've been noticing on Instagram lately, you've been doing a lot of really incredible recipes and you just come up with these creations. I mean, and they're, and everything's always fantastic. Thank you. Thank so, you. I, so I wanted to kind of have you share just how you come up with these ideas. If you just mess yeah. around and. Okay. Um, I, well, I don't think it's rocket science. First of all, uh, I tell everybody just like everything else you do in life, it starts with the base. So I cook meat, you know what I mean? I try to eat, uh, as keto as I can, although it doesn't always work out that way. <laughs> uh, but when I cook, I cook meat and I cook vegetables. That's me. Uh, when I eat out, I can eat out different stuff, but so you start off with great meat. First and foremost, my people are master purveyors. That's where I get my meat. Um, you can go to masterpurveyors.com and uh, you can order it and pick it up there. Um, but they, they're sold different places in Tampa Bay as well. But they have, you know, specific meats like, you know, they're, I got some lamb chops today, you know, that are from Australia. And, you know, you, you ask about their pork chops and they're from Colorado. And they've all, they, every, all their meat is top notch. You might pay a little bit extra for their meat, mm-hmm. but it's worth it. So you Definitely. start with a wonderful meat. And then, listen, I sous vide a lot of my meats, so I just Google that, how much you sous vide it, and then from there, it's just about seasoning and uh, searing and enjoying. And just messing around with different spices, because you, you throw some funky stuff together, and it just always works out. Thank you, but, you know, people will say, what did you do? And my answer is usually, I don't know. You, I don't know. I just threw a bunch of stuff together, and I don't need, I don't really have a recipe book. I just kind of have feel, and that's why my mother used to cook back in the day, and I guess I adopted that. Yeah, absolutely. Now you made, you made some wings today that were fantastic. I did. I did. Were those in the air fryer? Uh, I made them in the air fryer. Uh, I, you know, specific things are better cooked specific ways, mm-hmm. and I swear the wings might come out better in the air fryer than they do on my big green egg, which I cook on all the time. Um you know, you get a nice crisp on it. Uh, they, you get it done quickly. And then it's just about seasoning it and finishing it. And uh, today I finished it with some uh, tiger tail. Tiger tail. Uh, yeah, buffalo wing, beer buffalo sauce. Buffalo wing sauce. Delicious. Like, you know, we, buffalo sauce is not rocket science. But if somebody else does it great, great then do let them do it, you know? They do a good job and you can find them at most stores yep. across the country. I, I love their stuff. Yesterday I actually made some chicken tenders in the air fryer. I got them from the green store in South Tampa and I used um, pork rinds, ground pork rinds to coat them in. So just dip it in, you know, egg and heavy cream and then into the the pork rinds Mm -hmm. and put them in the air fryer for like 25 minutes and then I tossed them in the sauce and they came out fantastic. Well, I I tried them uh, and I'll be honest with you, uh, I didn't think they'd come out that good. Really? They they (laughs) tasted like restaurant, you know. They did. And it didn't taste like it was keto friendly. You would never know. And uh, the texture was great. It's the air fryer, I'm telling you. Very impressive, yeah. The air fryer. I did try those before on the stovetop using my Dutch oven and frying them, Mm -hmm. and all the breading came off. I can see that. So the air fryer is perfect. Sealed it all together. It it, everything together. It finished perfectly. It looked really good. Very, very good. The chicken was tender. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So I'm thinking of other things I can do with pork rinds. And Pork and Good is one of my favorite companies. You can look them up on Instagram. And they've got some of the best pork rinds I've ever tasted. They are excellent. They've got pizza, white mm-hmm. cheddar. Well, you, you've tried them all, I think, because they've sent us a few of cases of different ones. And they sell their pork rinds in a jar. But if you don't want to spend that kind of money, you can just spend $2 at the store, get a bag of pork rinds. And if you have a food processor or whatever, I used a little garlic chopper. And, you know, I've, I've ground up things that way before. Or go old school and smash it. Smash it, I, yeah. Uh, I would smash it for sure. I could see you smashing I like the smashing stuff. Yeah, smashing. You smash a lot of pork rinds. Uh, yes, I like pork rinds. <laughs> I was gonna say in my mouth usually. Just smashing, saying, yeah. If I if I if I bring a bag, I gotta hide it because yeah, that's it. They'll, they'll, they'll be gone. That happens. That happens. <laughs> now the other thing I want to talk to you about because people ask me all the time, and I notice when you talk about sous vide things on your Instagram, mm-hmm. a lot of people still don't know how that is. And if someone wants to get started, what would you recommend for them to go out and get? Uh, sous vide, uh, sous vide is basically water bath and it's not boiling. It's not the same thing. You're putting it in a bag and the sous vide apparatus, they have ones that are, uh, self-contained that cost about a hundred bucks. So they have a couple different settings and then they have some sous vide sticks that you can put in different pots mm-hmm. and kind of attach it on the side of the pot. That's what I, I that's what I have. And, uh, you know, they, they range from a hundred dollars to $200 and, you know, I poo-pooed it at first, and I still a lot of people these days are like, I don't like to boil my meats, and finally I just said, let me check this out. And after I checked it out, like, and I rarely cook meat without sous vide it. It just doesn't make sense to me anymore. It's easier to, to sous vide. The texture is better. Like, people say, what'd you do to this? And I'll go, I sous vide it. And then they just, then they become curious, and eventually I've uh, transformed a couple of haters uh, into sous vide lovers, and... Uh, I think a lot, a lot more restaurants are sous viding their their food than we know, okay? Because mm-hmm. it just makes cooking that much more efficient. You know, somebody loves to grill. Like I may sous vide something and stick it in the fridge, and then when I want to grill it, take it out on a Wednesday night, and then literally finish it in five minutes. So it just makes it a lot easier. Yeah, and that's you don't want to spend all that time cooking. Nope. And you've also been doing a lot of stuff with seafood lately. I have to say, like, where do you get your ideas from? Uh... That, once again, it's, it's it's they're not really elaborate recipes. It's just a piece of meat, sous vide, well seasoned, and then yeah. finished on the grill or finished mm-hmm. in a in a cast iron uh, pan. It's not rocket science. It's it's just figuring out. Uh, like I don't care. Nobody can cook anything without salt. Okay, that you need to put salt on it. Obviously, then you figure out a good rub that you like. And I also have put pepper on most of my things and. With the West uh, West Indian background, I usually have some kind of spices in it, and like I said, it all ends up working. And uh, they're they're really not recipes. It's just about searing your meat the right way and, and making your meat look good, and obviously tasting good as well. Another thing I was going to ask you is is okay. So curry, you do a lot with curry. You do this cabbage that is out of this world. And I'm all of a sudden really starting to crave it, especially after this event we had the other night and Chef Corey Hall, who yeah, did yeah. a fantastic job with his chicken. Unbelievable. Okay. Really, really good. Yeah. And uh, curry is, is part of my you know, heritage. You know, West Indian parents, I grew up eating curry. Um, a lot of people think they don't like curry, and I just think that they may have gotten a bad exposure to it. But I, I don't know. any. I've never cooked curry and somebody not like it. Like, right. I'll cook something and somebody go, what is that? I'll go, it's curry. I didn't think I liked curry. Well, obviously you had a, a bad uh, experience, but... Curry is something that I like to mess around with. And when we talk about the cabbage, you know, I, I did a, um, I used to do a, a cream spinach a lot. And then I like cabbage uh, as well. And you're just trying to get as much, uh, you know, 
vegetables filled with mm-hmm. water in your body to kind of flesh you out as you need. And then I said, I wonder if I could do this creamed spinach with cabbage. And I did that. And then I thought to myself, well, cabbage and curry would go together. So then it was just kind of like put some coconut milk and some and some curry and you slow cook it in a slow cooker and it comes out comes out fantastic. It just yeah, it just evolved. It comes out really good. Yep. Now I don't know if you can share this because I I still dream about it. It was so good. You did this blue cheese salad with the spicy pistachios, mm. or was it a coleslaw? It whatever it was. You had a big bowl of it, mm-hmm. and I think I ate almost all of it. Yeah, it, it was just shredded lettuce okay. and blue cheese dressing, and it wasn't even homemade. And then I put some, you know, uh, blue cheese crumbles in it to kind of make it seem fancy. And I literally went next door and got some, you know, spicy pistachios and threw it in there and mixed it up. And then he, I, I don't, I always doctor everything up with spices. Yeah, and then there it's was about spice half, to it. There's spice to it. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, it seems homemade. You know, when it's a lot of stuff bought, but it, it, it tastes homemade, and that's the uh, half the battle. That's a great idea for summer, and if they want to switch it up and use ranch, but it's a perfect Correct. side dish for outdoor yeah. grilling mm-hmm. and everything like that. You probably use any dressing. Probably use Italian, it wouldn't matter. That's right, yeah. yeah. Just mix it up, have it's all fun. good. It's refreshing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you have any tips for someone who's learning how to grill? Like, I'm not really good on a grill. Start. Tips for grilling? How to get started, Start maybe with, you know, doing something on, you know, the stovetop and a mm-hmm. cast iron and then maybe move to. Well, I mean, if you are used to grilling or, or cooking on a cast iron pan, there's no difference between cooking on a hot cast iron pan, which is what you want to do. If you're cooking in cast iron, you're looking for the heat. Mm-hmm. You don't really cook. You don't want to cook something low on a cast iron. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. You're wasting it. So if you're used to finishing something on a cast iron on the stove, there's no difference between a hot cast iron pan and a hot grill. They're the same thing. You finish the meat on the grill. I've always said, get your grill as hot as you can. Um, there's Your whole grill doesn't have to be hot. Half your grill could be hot. Mm-hmm. You finish it or you sear it on the hot side. And then if it's not cooked, then you put it to the indirect side and let it finish that way. I've been grilling so long that I don't need meat thermometers and I don't I don't need to know the you know the temperature of my grill, but I've been doing it for 15 20 years. So you know your meat. I know you know <laughs> I know by the touch of it if it's if it's right. if it's done. Um and I also know by the look of my grill how hot it is or just by the sound of the meat. So uh for normal people uh I have a big green egg, but get your grill as hot as you can on one side and have the indirect heat on the other side. Sear it, finish it on the hot side, and get a meat thermometer if you don't know, and just make sure, just Google stuff. There's, I don't know the exact temperatures. If you have restaurants, you need to know all that, but uh, Google it. Yeah, Google it, and uh, they'll let you know what the temperature should be. Awesome, cool. Well, again, thank you, Ian. I always appreciate having you on. You Anytime. always give great tips and always make me hungry. I and- try. Again, thanks for introducing me to Square Meats, which there you go. I never had for so Wendy's, many years. Wendy's, baby. That's that's your spot. Yeah, man, no doubt. Anyway, well, guys, you can follow Ian on Instagram at Ian underscore Beckles. He's always got a lot of food porn on there, and it's just going to really inspire you to get grilling this summer. Have a great weekend, and don't forget, a new episode comes out every Friday on RadioInfluence.com or wherever else you like to download your podcast. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. 
We work with radio personalities like Ian Beckles and DJ Eakin, news and political pundits like Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochel, and more. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.